your best friend, Dracula. I don't like this anymore. This is how I will talk the whole podcast. Is this offensive to Dracula's? Dracula. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been huffing helium? No, uh, laughing gas. No, uh, peyote. Blood! I think that went into the count from Sesame Street, so I'll stop. Oh, thank you. This is terrifying. (laughs) I thought for a second that I was friends with Dracula. The real Dracula. Uh, He he really, oh man, he really got me going there. (laughs) Hey, uh, Dennis and listeners, welcome. This is our Halloween spooktacular. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Okay. I got some bad news. Oh no! What? Yeah. Um, you know our friend Skeleton. Oh yeah, Skeleton. Yeah, we were we were hanging out the other day, and he said, uh, "You know, he's not going to be able to have any babies." <laughs> I, you know, that's sad. I know he and his yeah. wife. Uh, yeah, mummy were really looking forward to yeah. that well did did you did you hear about why he can't have any babies why because he's got a halloweener <laughs> you know i thought about telling that joke yeah on the podcast but i think our friend alan from guest star episode four uh told it on both of his podcasts no past damn week. it <laughs> That's what I get for not being an avid listener, and I would have known. Also, that's the joke I always tell. Plus, I just want to point out that a lesser comic mind could have told that joke in 20 to 30 seconds, but I, you know, I like to really, you know, I like to drag it out. I like to get your emotions all, like, in a, in a tizzy. We got that slow burn, you know? We, we... Yeah. And then I drop it like a tot. Oh, that was hot. It's okay, though, because I think your version was skeleton. I think Alan's version is ghost. And mine is always the witch and her husband. (laughs) Who's her husband? Uh, A warlock. Ah, good one. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Should I leave that in? (laughs) Yeah, definitely don't cut that out. (laughs) This is the height of professionalism, ladies and gentlemen. Halloween is my favorite holiday. It has been ever since I was a little kid. There's nothing like it. I get so excited about it. For the past several years, I do a a 31 movies and 31 day thing. Not all one day at a time because I just can't operate like that. So I watch, you know, five in one day or whatever. Uh, Yeah, I love it. I love the candy. I love the costumes. I love the spooky stuff. And as, as corny as it sounds and as, I guess, played out as it sounds, it's the one time a year when I feel like, the world matches me for a little while and i feel like ah oh, this is this is it this is my place you know i know you monster heads out there know what i'm talking about right is a monster head like a person in a psycho billy band or something <laughs> god i hope not <laughs> see i always think that this time i'm going to do halloween up because i love i by august september i'm over summer I can't wait till the fall. I can wear a hoodie again. It gets a little crisp outside. I love candy. 
you know, I like horror movies, but I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm lazy, and I just hate making a costume. It's tough. I don't have a costume picked out myself this year. I might put something together. I don't really have, like, an event to go to, so I might throw something together just to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters this year. Mm. I do like handing out candy. We get a ton of people at our, at our house, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm very excited because for the first time since I moved to Seattle, uh, this house actually gets trick-or-treaters. So last year, we got so many kids, and we ran out of candy so fast. So I'm yeah. prepared for this year. I'm actually going to take off work, just hang out, watch a bunch of movies, and just get really pumped on it. I don't know. Maybe give myself King Diamond face paint or something. Who knows? There you go. Yeah. Nice lazy man's costume. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but this year we actually didn't buy candy because we spent like a hundred bucks last year, and we kind of don't want to do that again. And plus, now we both work late, and we'll be working late on Halloween, so we won't. By the time we get home, the trick or treaters will be like like um, words. They'll cool. be they'll be done. Well, uh, maybe we should just stop the podcast because you're killing the Halloween spirit. No, I'm telling you, I want I want to be. I think maybe this. No, it's cool. It's cool. No, no, this will get me into the spirit. Halloween baby Jesus is crying right now. Is that like a tiny ghost or a little Frankenstein? It's a little mummy Jesus. That'd be cute, uh, right? Does it have a long hair and a beard, but like through its mummy wraps? Yeah. Oh, cool. I nailed it. All right. Yeah, I, yeah that'd be cute. <laughs> but he's crying, though. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Okay. Make I'm, gonna, I'm just going to push a little candy corn into his little mouth. <laughs> <laughs> through the bandages. Little, little BHJ. Here you go, little guy. All right, so what are we Don't doing? Don't cry. There's enough Halloween spirit in me, your friend Josh. Uh, yeah, I wanted to go all, all out this year. I'm excited. I've, I've been excited all month. So I thought one of the best things to do on Halloween is get yourself all spooked out and think about creepy shit. Talk to your friends about creepy shit. So I thought, why don't we talk to some of our friends about the creepiest shit that they've encountered? I, I, I think one of my favorite things in the world when I'm with a group of people is when you're with them long enough, you eventually the conversation goes into, yeah, I saw a ghost when I was a kid, you know, and, and everybody goes around and, you know, like a, like sitting around a campfire or sitting in the tour van. I, I know we've had a lot of discussions about stuff like this um, when we were younger. So, yeah, we reached out to some of our friends and they were awesome enough to come on and talk to us about some stuff uh some are creepy a couple of them are pretty funny (laughs) and i have one of my own too that i want to share with the best friend simulator maniacs well let's start with yours okay so i a a little bit of background uh as a kid i was an only child Uh, i was extremely imaginative and extremely scared of everything can i just can i just clarify you're still an only child just so people just in case people are confused yeah i guess technically this is true um (laughs) so i spent a lot of time by myself thinking about stuff and freaking myself out you know i was i would i was always scared playing in my backyard i would always come in before dusk because i thought that a man with a lion head wearing a suit would appear and jump over the fence and get me no idea where that came from (laughs) uh okay yeah just just waking up in the middle of the night terrified of things this one night i woke up uh my cousin was spending the night and she shut the nightlight off that i slept with and i woke up in the middle of the night on the top bunk of my bunk beds convinced that gangsters like mafia dudes kidnapped me 
and that I was in some warehouse. Uh, so, you know, my brain just immediately would take any little thing and run with it. So this story goes back to the night before my 10th birthday. I woke up, I was sleeping on the bottom bunk of the aforementioned bunk bed. I had a little nightlight right down at the foot of my bed. And if you looked directly at the end of the bed, you would see my doorway, which was always left open. I woke up, I couldn't move, and I saw standing directly in the doorway, a little man, roughly about three and a half feet tall, uh, wearing an all black suit of some sort. Kind of reminds me of the suit that Luke Skywalker is wearing in Return of the Jedi, like complete with like the mm-hmm. little collar. Mm-hmm. Kind of reddish hair, completely pale, like chalky white face, black eyes, and the, the weirdest detail, my dad's face. But my dad Jesus. had a beard, like, almost through my entire childhood, but this was, like, clean-shaven. And it was just staring at me. It's so weird. And I remembered closing my eyes, which I was able to do, and trying to scream and nothing coming out, just like... <laughs> and I remember thinking, there's going to be a headline in the news tomorrow, boy dies before 10th birthday. Like, I saw the, the headline. <laughs> and I just sat there with my eyes closed and tried to scream and eventually I sort of came out of it which I realized now was sleep paralysis Mm -hmm. I I eventually came out of it and started screaming and then my mom came in the room and yeah but that that has stuck with me ever since then I still think about it often it's the creepiest thing hands down that's ever happened to me I've had other uh, minorly creepy things I I did experience sleep paralysis a lot as a kid. There was another time a few years later, summertime, I fell asleep listening to a Beastie Boys tape. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Paul's Boutique uh, mm-hmm. on my little boombox next to the bed. And I remember like being half asleep, the tape ending, and right when it ended, somebody whispering into my ear, Josh, which freaked me the fuck out. I think I was probably at this point in like, it was the summer between maybe fifth and sixth grade, I think. And so I freaked the fuck out. I was super terrified. Uh, the next night, I had our friend Jesse sleep over because I was scared. And Jesse told me that he looked in my room and saw my Spuds McKenzie doll turn its head towards him. <laughs> sure. Uh-huh. Which at the time, I fully believed 100%, because why would my friend lie to me about something like that? So I don't think I slept in my room for the rest of the summer. I think I just slept on the couch every night. Do we need to talk about how you had a Spuds McKenzie doll, which was a beer advertisement, but somehow so pervasive that it got into, that it became kids' favorites, too? I mean, when we were kids, though, that was how the advertising went. The the camel guy. So weird. Joe Camel. (laughs) Hey, kids. Smoke some cigarettes. But that's my kind of creepiest experience, I think, as a kid. Yeah, pretty nasty. Dude. That sounds terrifying. I am still convinced I'm going to wake up and see that dude again at some point. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's going to happen. I can make it happen. Maybe like the night before my 50th birthday. Ooh, or the night before my 100th birthday. Is that it behind you? (laughs) This episode is going to be extra spooky for me because I just noticed that I could see my headphones in the periphery of my vision. So I keep like, what's that? It's my headphones. Oh, it's the little man with dad face. Or is it? (laughs) Well, little man with dad face. That's the name of this episode. (laughs) So our our first friend is our friend Adrian, who also has some pretty 
creepy sleep paralysis stories. Yeah, we've known Adrian for a long time. She is uh, usually moving when you talk to her, so I'm surprised she doesn't have a lot more stories about weird things that she noticed in her periphery, but uh, this story was uh, pretty creepy, so let's hear it. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick-or-treating. Okay, so we have our friend Adrian here to talk about some spooky stuff with us. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Josh. Hi, Hi Adrian. Hi. Okay, so I have sleep paralysis. I've had it all of my life, pretty much. My brother has it. Um, A lot of other people have it. I don't know if either of you have ever experienced sleep paralysis. I I have. I have a few Um, times. For me, I usually get it when I'm really stressed out. I get it when I nap, so I don't nap. And I get it if I sleep on my back, so I don't ever sleep on my back if I can help it. Oh, weird. And sometimes the sleep paralysis can just be... I just feel like I'm awake, but I can't move. Um, And I just have like aural hallucinations where I hear Mm. things that aren't Mm -hmm. there. But sometimes, and particularly if it happens in the middle of the night, then I have like crazy, (laughs) like lucid, like fucked up hallucinations. So I think one of the most upsetting ones that like I still think about uh, happened actually when I was living on um, Reed Street in the apartment above where Dennis was living. I lived by myself, and my bedroom in that apartment had two doorways into it, but no doors. And so I hung curtains up because one of my like one of my things is I don't like to sleep in a room where I can't close the door because I'm a freak. So <laughs> <laughs> included like I, I, my preference is to sleep in a room with a door that shuts and locks, but. We can't always have what we want. So mm-hmm. so I hung up curtains so that I wouldn't like wake up in the middle of the night and be able to like see through the doorway because that like bothers me for some reason. And um, I was like, it was, must have been the middle of the night. I woke up. I heard the front door to my apartment swing open. I saw the light from the hallway. Door swings shut. A person walks into my bedroom I'm awake. My eyes are open. I can see my bedroom. They stand next to my side of the bed where I'm sleeping. And then they crawl over top of me, lay down in bed next to me, and go to sleep. And I am awake no, and Jesus. I cannot move. <laughs> do, do you, that is not okay. Do you remember any details about this person? It was a man. A man? Uh, they were like tall but like i don't remember any of their facial features i remember it very vividly they were tall they like i mean it was dark and they were like clothed in dark clothing but like you know they were just sort of like a ghostly figure who seemed like a middle-aged man oh man yeah that's so creepy yeah that's terrifying i we Dennis and I discussed in another segment uh, my own sleep paralysis experience when I was a kid, but mine remained stationary and just stared at me. It didn't actually interact with me at all, but that's awful. Yeah, not great. You know, when I've had sleep paralysis, I never actually saw anything. It just freaked me the fuck out because I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I determined that it only ever happened when I was um, sick and like couldn't breathe because I would because uh, then I also found out later in life that I had uh, apnea, 
sleep apnea. Thank you. And um, I've since had that kind of fixed. But so sleep apnea mixed with being sick and not being able to breathe very well. I had sleep paralysis a couple times. Yeah, um, my, my dad has uh, sleep apnea and he has like a CPAP machine that he uses to um, he wears it at night and like he sleeps really great now, but he's always been like, I, he's never like mentioned that he has sleep apnea, but I know like, not sleep apnea, but sleep paralysis, but like I know my brother does because he talks about how like fucked up it is. Oof. But yeah, I like, but the thing is like, I don't snore. No one has ever told me that I snore and I don't sleep on my back. Hmm. So like... I feel like maybe I have sleep apnea and maybe that's contributing to my sleep problems. But like, I've been sleeping really good lately, but like, I just can't sleep on my back. But I like, I associate sleep apnea with like snoring because my dad snores like a fucking yeah. maniac. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's one. Okay. And so you have another story about... I've got lots of other sleep paralysis stories, but that's the one that like is the most vi- vivid and awful. Other ones that have just been like... Oh, it also happens if I sleep too late in the morning. Like if I if I sleep too much. So like, um, oh, wow. I remember one time when I lived on in the house on um, Jackson Street with Bryn in that house that she bought. Mm-hmm. I I think I had maybe like been out partying the night before and was maybe hungover, and so it was like kind of not in a good state anyways. And I was sleeping late, and I couldn't wake up and couldn't wake up because I was having sleep paralysis, and like I. I had like an oral hallucination that she was standing on the other side of my door talking to me, which is often like what the like sound hallucinations are is that like someone standing just on the other side of my bedroom door where I can't see them and they're talking to me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a fun one. It sounds terrifying. Yeah. There's, you know, it could be worse, but so my, uh, so the next story, what, what is so funny? (laughs) You got your fancy drink? Yeah. Clinking it all over the place. <laughs> oh, sorry, can you edit that out? Maybe I should maybe yeah. I should take we'll cl- or we can just leave maybe it in. I should take the metal straw. Just to show how shook it. up you are. Yeah. We'll, we'll clean it up in the post. All right, cool. We like yeah. we like to say that. You know, it if my so if my your... one day off, it's the Lord's Day. <laughs> yeah, tr- <laughs> yeah. Wanna... L- l- hey, hey. Dog, drink Mommy, up. Don't treat yourself, yeah. <laughs> Josh is frequently <laughs> intoxicated when we record this. Oh yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I'm yeah, just on I think speed. I was born that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's your story about the scary house? Oh, so this now that I'm an adult and I have experienced sleep paralysis, I think this thing that happened to me when I was a kid was probably just sleep paralysis. But so many weird things happened mm-hmm. it, to me in the house that I grew up in that, like. I don't know, man. <laughs> so it was, it was like, I must have been, I must have been five or six because I had a king sized waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, between this and the fancy drink, it's not really helping uh, anybody think that you're not highfalutin. Well, so when I, my parents had a waterbed and my brother and I were like, thought it was the coolest thing because you could like jump on it and it was like would you would you make mm-hmm. you fall down oh, yeah. and um i really wanted one and my parents had some friends that were like getting rid of theirs and so like that's the only reason that i got it is that like i don't know my dad probably bought it for 50 dollars off of someone you know what i mean so like i i'm five years old <laughs> i'm a small child i have a king size waterbed 
That's insane, mm-hmm. first of all. For, I think it's really hard to believe that anybody ever got rid of a water bed. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> They're so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, so They're fun to jump on, but not to sleep on. They, that is true. It's I used to, um, you know, like log rolls where you like put your arms and legs out straight and then roll back and forth. When I was little and I couldn't sleep, I would do <laughs> log rolls back and forth across the gigantic water bed to help myself go to sleep. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So anyhow, so that's how I framed the time of this because I know I was small and I know that at the time I had a waterbed because what happened in the dream makes no sense. I woke up in the middle of the night and I looked down at my gigantic, like looked down at my gigantic bed and my entire bed was covered in snakes. And oh, then shit. I looked up. And there was a canopy over my bed, not in real life, just in this hallucination, uh, Mm -hmm. that was also entirely made of snakes. So there was a little there was a little table next to my next to my bed, and I looked over the edge of my bed, and the entire floor was covered in snakes. So I got onto the table next to my bed, and I had Mm -hmm. as a kid, I had this um, yellow plastic Fisher Price grocery cart because, you know, little girls love to play grocery shopping. And um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I still love to go to the grocery store, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I got into that because it was next. It was like the next thing I could like get onto. And I looked like and then once I got into the little grocery cart, I like pushed myself with like a stick or something out into the hallway of, of like the of my house. Um, and there were snakes wow. all the way in the hallway. And I think I just like screamed and cried. And then like one of my parents woke up and came and got me. But yeah, I must've been five or six. Wow. So now that I'm an adult, I think that that was probably sleep paralysis and not in some way. Ghost snakes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it was ghost snakes. Who can say? Possibly. Maybe <laughs> a little bit of both. Your house was built on a snake burial ground. It probably was. Or the site of a, a great <laughs> snake massacre. Yeah, well, there were definitely a lot of snakes in the yard. So maybe it was, they were the ghost of any snake that had ever gotten its head chopped off in the yard. Oh. But it was too many snakes for that, Come, I think. And it was all different kinds of snakes. Hmm. So, so now. They're coming back for vengeance. Yeah. Now that I'm an adult, I really think that like, that has to be like. An early case of sleep so, paralysis. Like, Sleep paralysis, yeah. Yeah, that's how I explain it to myself anyways. I mean, that seems likely. But, yeah. But I also, like, as I was saying, like, a lot of weird stuff happened in my house when I was growing up. So I grew up in Delaware, which, you know, nothing exciting about it. If you've seen Wayne's World, you know everything you need to know. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and, uh, like, I grew up in a, like, it's like a ranch, like a ranch style house. It was like three bedrooms, no basement. My brother and I's rooms were like right next to each other. And then my parents' room was down the hall. And like, it wasn't, it wasn't a very big house. And so like, without having a basement, you basically like as a kid, like we're just like, there was like nowhere to play. You had to play everywhere all the time. And so everyone was always on top of each other. If you guys have lived in small houses, you know what it's like to like live in a small house with other Mm -hmm. people and just feel like everyone's around all the time Mm -hmm. and you want to murder each other. (laughs) So we moved into that house when I was two or three. 
And we, I guess right after, I guess it was right after my brother was born. So I was probably like about two or three. And um, ever since we moved into that house, when I was a little kid, I would tell my mother that there was a person in the hallway. And it was always, I remember seeing it. It wasn't like, it wasn't really like a person though. It was like a weird shape that was always kind mm-hmm. of like hanging out in the hallway back by like our back bathroom door. So like there was a, like the hallway was like my room on one end, my parents' room on the other end. My brother's room was right next to mine. And then there was a bathroom right next to my parents' bedroom. And like, it wasn't big. It wasn't a big person. It was like a little small shape that was probably like, I don't know, like three feet tall, maybe two feet, two and a half feet tall. Ooh. Didn't have features. I just remember being like, I, and my mom said that like, since I was little, I would tell her that there was somebody in the hallway. And a lot of other weird stuff happened. Like we lived, um, we, and again, like some of this is stuff that now I'm like, oh, well that was probably sleep paralysis. Like I would wake up all the way up until adulthood. If I slept at my parents' house, I would wake up in the middle of the night because it sounded like somebody was going like whispering really loudly in my ear. Mm -hmm. And that would happen to me as a kid all the time too. But another thing that would happen, we lived, um, the train, the train tracks like ran through our backyard. So there would be like trains in the middle of like big freight trains in the middle of the night. And that would like wake you up, but you get used to it. But like, sometimes I would wake up because a noise would be so loud. Like it would just like be this like loud droning noise. And as soon as I would wake up, it would stop. Hmm. Now I had that experience on mushrooms. Did you do mushrooms as a child? Not that I'm aware of. Hmm. Oh, just checking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but the thing is, so I, you know, I would talk about this when I was a kid, like, oh, there's a person in the hallway, whatever. And like, my mom would bring it up from time to time, like, and as I was older, like, I didn't really like see it anymore, you know, but I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, yeah, it's like this shape, it's in the hallway, it's right there. Nobody else knew what I was talking about. And then I was like, was it always in the same place? Yes. It was just like, it kind of seemed like it was like leaning against the wall or like, I don't know. It was just like a space where like. It was weird. I don't know. It's hard to explain because it's been so long since I've seen it. But I remember talking about it. And then one time, I must I must have been like, I don't know. I was either like a teenager, like sort of towards the end of high school or like I was I was like almost an adult or like a young adult. And we were at my grandmother's house and all of a sudden we were talking, I don't know, we, my uncle was there. We were like talking about ghosts or something or my mom and my uncle were talking about ghosts and she was like, you know, there was a, the little girl that lived in our house, uh, before we moved in, died of leukemia. And I'm like, what the fuck, mom? Like, (laughs) how long have you known this? And you're just now telling me this all my life. I've been like, there's a, there's a, there's a person in the hallway. There's a person in the hallway. And she's like, oh yeah, the little girl that lived here died of leukemia. Like, what the hell, mom? So I don't know if there really was a ghost, but like, I just thought that was like, come on. Like, (laughs) dude, that's creepy. Yeah. Maybe it was for the best you didn't know that. Probably. Right. Um, I used to also, when I was a kid, have (laughs) dreams that, um, like, and I think these also were sleep paralysis, that somebody, that people were carrying my bed out of my house. And I remember, like, waking up and being really close to the ceiling and seeing, there was wood, there was, like, dark wood paneling in our hallway. And I remember, like, being carried, being close to the ceiling and being able to see, like, the wood, the top of the wood paneling, like, next to my bed. But obviously, they would never be able to carry my bed out of the house because it was a king size water bed. <laughs> right. It would be much too heavy. 
Yeah. And actually, the house that I grew up in, uh, after my parents moved out of it, uh, one of my best friends bought it and her and her son moved in. And they just recently moved, sold it and moved out. But when they were, I went to go help her clean up and move out of the house. And she was like, dude, I was talking to Mike, who's their neighbor, who's lived there since when we were, when we lived there. And she was like, and he said that the people who used to live here before you guys had a daughter who died of leukemia when she was like six in the house. And because she knew the ghost story, I was like, oh, yeah, I already knew about that. Terry told me. She's like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I, just, I forgot, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> the cycle continues. Did, did they see anything? Yeah, did- no, I don't think so. I should, ask, I should ask her or her son. Her son lived in my, the, in my bedroom. That was his room. So okay. I should ask him next time I see him. He probably, he's like, um, you've met Jakai, Dennis. Yes, I have. Um, he was like a, a little, little kid, but he's 11 now. So he's like, he's really into cars. And uh, Brian, my partner, is um, used to be really into cars. And Brian sent Kelly a picture of a Lamborghini that he saw to show to Jakai. And then Jakai friended Brian on Instagram and <laughs> sent him a message that said, you see Lamborghinis sometimes? Hit me up whenever. <laughs> and he's 11. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I should ask him if he's seen anything weird. And those are pretty much all my ghost stories. This is some good ones. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, pro- like as an adult, I'd like rationalize like, oh, like that was probably sleep paralysis. Like, yeah, that was probably just some like weird, like half asleep, half awake little kid hallucination thing. Whatever. Sure. So. Yeah. Well, I think a lot. Of and course, a lot of times so. growing up, like there's that shape on the wall. It's just like, you know. During the daytime, you could move that coat off of that coat rack, and it probably wouldn't look like a, a person. But at night when you're sleeping, you're like, oh, fuck, dude, that's definitely a person. Oh, yeah. I When I was a little kid, my thing was I would always, like, lay in bed. Well, first, I would get in bed, and my, my dad would, like, come in and, like, read a book, and then he would leave. And then I would spend whatever the first amount of time I was alone in my bedroom sleeping, I would start in one corner of the ceiling and scan the entire ceiling for spiders. Mm-hmm. And then I would find a spider often, and then I would call my someone back in to get it. And my dad would walk in and be like, "There is no way. There's a spider on the ceiling. It's dark in here. I don't see a spider." I'm like, "Turn the light on. There's a spider. It's right there." And I would like point to where it was, and then there would be like a spider the size of like the head of a pin <laughs> that I would somehow have seen in the dark because I was like an eagle eye freak. <laughs> Knowing you as well, knowing you as well, and for as long as I have, this really, like, really makes a lot of sense. I wish my eyesight was still that good. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, but then I would like lay in my bedroom and like in the dark and be like scared shitless because I would just be like imagining horrible monsters in every like shadow of everything Mm. but i also like i love to be scared yeah like i love horror movies and i think as a kid i even like liked to be scared so i think like that was just me freaking myself out for fun sure yeah yeah that's exactly my experience as a kid too is just being extremely imaginative, but also really getting a thrill from being scared. So I would just lay there and, you know, I also had sleep paralysis stuff happen. So like my imagination would feed into that. I would probably feed in details after the fact without realizing it. And 
just I loved freaking myself out. I mean, Me I still do it now. <laughs> like I, I, I have better control over it. Like when Jamie's out of town and I'm asleep in the house, like I'll be laying up in bed and think, oh man, what if this monster is coming up the stairs? <laughs> and I think I, I picture it exactly. And I'm like, no, wait, no, I can't do this. I have to get up at seven right. in the morning or whatever. Yeah, so I'm the same way. Just shut um, it off. But back then I couldn't. Yeah, I still do it, but now I think as an adult, so I'm like really, I've always, not always, but since I was like in like middle school, I've been like really into like true crime and my grandmother would like give me all of her Mm -hmm. and rule books after she finished reading them. And so I would like read those. And for anyone who's listening who doesn't know, Anne Rule is a true crime writer who like worked with Mm -hmm. Ted Bundy and like, anyhow, you can look her up. Mm -hmm. But so I've like always been like super into true crime and into like horror movies. But like over the past like couple of years since like podcasting has become such a big thing, I've gotten really into like true crime podcasts. And I sometimes I'm like, I got to stop listening to these because like as you know, a a woman who is often by myself, (laughs) um, I like get freaked out. And I do this thing (laughs) when I come home from work, if it's dark and Brian's not home. I I come in the house. I turn some. I turn uh, quite a few lights on, and then I check and make sure there's no one hiding in any of the closets or in the house. Because I th- I think about like Dennis Rader, who is uh, the BTK killer. I think about him all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. So is he your number one? My number one. Like your, uh, your the, the one you think about the most? He's definitely the one I think about the most because he's so scary to me. Because it's such like a horror. Like, yeah. I, like I don't like, even though I love horror movies, I have a really hard time watching like home invasion movies because it's just like a little mm-hmm. too real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So. I don't check the closet. I don't check the closets when Alexis isn't home, but I do sometimes if I hear a noise, I'll be like somebody coming in the house, just checking out. As if if she was there, like she's gonna wake up and go take care of it. She protects you. Nothing's going to wake her up ever. <laughs> we, I figured uh, that out. I figured that out the other day when I thought I needed to go to the emergency room and I tried to wake her up. Nothing was happening. Oh well, I'm glad you didn't die. <laughs> no, I'm okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we well, <laughs> thank you awkward. for sharing those stories with us. You're welcome. That's really yeah. creepy as fuck. Yeah. And just think, Dennis, he could have... I lived right above you when that man, ghost man, came into oh, my apartment man. and slept next to me. He could have come into your apartment and slept next to you. Mm. But he chose you. You must feel special. Broke. The shadow man chose you. <laughs> Unless he came to do it while you were just fast asleep, Dennis. <sighs> it's possible. It was probably Con- our landlord. What was his name? Gary? Uh, <laughs> it was definitely Gary. <laughs> I don't think it was Gary. Oh no, that was a different landlord that I had. That was a total fucking weirdo. All right, we're getting off of the <laughs> spooky <It's true>. stories. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Well, thank you, Adrian. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you later. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick or treating. Okay, so that was Adrian's story, or stories, I should say. That one of the person getting into bed with her is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) It's messed up. It's messed up. Also happened in in a later story, too, uh, something similar. But we'll get into that when we get there. Uh, Up next is our friend Kettner, 
who has a kind of a weird apocalyptic weather event he wants to talk about. Kettner is another friend of ours we've known for a while. He's he's the Spider-Man of my friend group, I think. That's who I always picture him as. <laughs> but yeah, he's got a pretty good one for us too. So here's Kettner's story. Okay, we are here with our friend Kettner who has some some spooky tales to share with us. How's it going, guys? Hey, how's it going, Kettner? Uh, It's going pretty good. Um, Man, when you posted that question about scary stories, like, it took me a second because I hadn't actually thought about this story in years. And I I gotta set the stage a little bit. Okay. So the events of this spooky story take place in and around Mission Viejo, California, where my mom's sister uh, lived all while I was growing up. And when I was a little guy during, I'd say, between the ages of like three and um, eight or nine, we would generally go on a trip there every summer. And so this was like my like first experience, like going to Disneyland and like all that kind of shit. And... Another like little sort of interesting like side note about like my mom's like sister and stuff was that at the time her whole family were involved in like a church group and I would have to like ask my mom about like the details of this church but it wasn't like your standard it I don't know if it was like a hippie christian kind of thing but they were like involved in it and while I grew up like going to catholic school and stuff in New York I wasn't and my mom is not like a particularly religious person, right? Like we would go to church on Sundays, but it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. we weren't like going to like church bake sales and and shit like that. Right. So that was like an aspect of visiting these, this side of the family that was like, Oh, that's a little different. And I guess just like that sort of cultural mix and background is going to help inform where things get creepy. Uh, The other thing was that I can't pinpoint exactly which summer this is. I don't, I, I frame this experience centered around Ghostbusters because the imagery that I saw and experienced is kind of evocative of the film Ghostbusters, but I don't know if it happened before or after I saw the film Ghostbusters. This was definitely 84 or 85, I want to say. So I was like six or seven years old. Yeah. And so this is what we would do when I was a little kid and we were on vacation. What we would do most days when we, uh, we would go on a walk from my, my, my mom, my mom's sister, Claudia, and my little cousin, Michelle, who was like still in a stroller at the time, would go on a walk to the mall in Mission Viejo. And so it had to be like not very far, like a couple miles or something like that, right? Pretty far when you're a little kid to be like, oh, I'm going on like a long walk and we're going to go to the mall and like I'll eat a froyo, whatever. Um, <laughs> froyo, not a chimo. <laughs> <laughs> so thank God. So, yeah, so we would. Yeah, don't, don't eat those. Um, I just listened to that episode today. So that, that reference is fresh in my mind. Um, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we would go on this walk and, uh, adjacent to the main creepy part of this horror story was that there were a lot of snails on the walkway. And I have like a, you guys probably Mm. know this about me from our years of friendship, but I am deathly afraid slash fascinated by slugs and snails. And there were so many of them like baking out on the sidewalk that you would literally be crunching over them. And I used to cling to the side of my cousin's stroller to not step on them. It was horrible, but (laughs) that doesn't have anything to do with what we saw. Cause when we get, were you as scared of them back then as you are now? 
I mean, this got to be like one of the roots of the fears. I probably had like a handful of like childhood experiences where I was like, those things are gross and I don't like them. But that definitely is part of it. And maybe it's even association with what I'm about to tell you. All right. So we get to the mall and you have to understand, as I said, we were doing this almost every day. So if we were in Mission Viejo for a week or 10 days or something like that, like it was part of this routine. And so I was sort of used to it at a certain point. And at some point, this was after maybe like a week of, of that kind of day, we get there and we're already sort of noticing you had sort of come up on the walk and it sort of came through this big parking lot. And the way I'm, uh, you know, this, you know, big Southern California mall parking lot. And there's lots of people standing around just looking at the sky. And over the mall, there is some sort of weather effect. The way, it looked like a fucking portal. It looked like a weird ass fucking <laughs> Lovecraftian portal into another world. The way that it's I think terrifying. of like at the end of Ghostbusters where, where the, um, that sort of rippling cloud effect over, uh, over the, the um, Dana, Dana Barrett's apartment. It's fucking Ego Shandor. <laughs> Maybe he designed them all. I don't know. I don't know if he designed that cheesy pennies or not. But the... <laughs> but... So, but what was really weird about it, because like even in Ghostbusters, it's like a night sky and it's overall, it's very creepy. But what was, what was really odd and off-putting about this was that it was like a completely blue, clear-ass sky, like Southern California, like warm summer morning. But then like above this parking lot was like this like bubbly pink purple cloud effect and it was i remember being kind of circular and again like this is you know 35 years ago 30 you know something like that it was a long time ago um but i remember it being really weird and and people you know what i mean like maybe other people would see that and think it was a ufo josh based on like their different cultural context but maybe because of where i was and you know going the fact that i went to a catholic school and i was around these religious family members it it had this almost like in my mind's eye the way I see it are like a staircase going into the sky like in the clouds you know what I mean like this weird yeah. like like oh the the way you think of like steps going up to St Peter's pearly gates or or that that kind of bullshit but much scarier and more colorful <laughs> you know like it was not it was like darker and these dark purples and stuff on the inside and going to like pinks on like the outer rim of of this effect and people like. My aunt, the way I remember the conversations that the adults were having was like, they were not being very calm and they <laughs> were having like a, is this the, the apocalypse? Is this the fucking rapture kind of shit going on? Wow. And so it's like, so me as like a six year old, is like, uh, like, is everything yeah, to hear adults okay? saying that is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, is everything cool? Am I going to get a froyo? What's going on? Like, and the way I remember is we did not go to the mall, like that we turned around, like that we were there for a while, but like didn't go. And then the way, what I remember about the experience after the fact, or I don't know if we heard this like later on that night or the next day, but that it was like a weather balloon thing, you know, the old weather balloon Mm -hmm. classic. So it did have a classic kind of conspiracy cover up element, but it didn't really and like I've I've read my fair share of crackpot internet bullshit like UFO stuff, 
And, but I didn't really, like, you know, especially with UFO phenomena, I don't really recall reading other stuff that, that sort of fits my memory of, of the experience. So that's what I got. That's my, that's my uh, demonic J.C. Penney's experience. <laughs> I've always thought J.C. Penney's was a little, uh, a little demonic, but now we kind of we know for sure. That's ter- and did anybody ever say anything about it? Like, the more, like anybody in your family? I would be so curious to ask my mom about it now. You know, I'm sure she remembers it, but I, you know, I don't know if her recollection would be would be different from mine. I remember her being kind of freaked out. And my mom is is like a is an anxious person too, so you know what I mean. So I can I can imagine her like chicken littling a little bit, <laughs> whereas the sky was literally like opened up. Um, but, she just but, pushes you out of the way and says, "Oh shit!" and runs off. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's totally bugging out. Um, but but yeah, that that's probably the most legit weird, spooky freak out experience that that i've had i've had like maybe a couple other minor ones i had like a, a suburban legend kind of story about a place called Buckout road that was in uh in westchester new york where i grew up and there's even like a horror movie about it maybe you guys uh, you know when you're doing your your weirdo internet reading maybe you guys can read up on Buckout road but there's uh there's some legends about that but at that point i was much how like how josh talks about enjoying UFO theories and conspiracy theories. Like I, I had enough detachment where I was like, this, this is bullshit, but I'm just going to play along and have fun <laughs> with it. But this sky portal, I was like, this is real. I'm waiting for some Herald of Galactus style motherfucker to like come out of this portal <laughs> and just be like, this is it. Some celestial is yeah. going to put the big old thumbs down. And, and that was going to be the end. One hour to prepare for total destruction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds kind of terrifying, and thanks for sharing it with us, because, I don't know. I mean, I believe you, but also, I'm not sure. But you do have that third arm, so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, did I mention my little cousin uh, turned into a dog? (laughs) Oh, you skipped that part. (laughs) Shit, yeah, no. It was was gross. It was was pretty gnarly. yeah, it was it was very sad for the for the family. It was like a full on American werewolf in London transformation scene. <laughs> very traumatizing. I was, I was clinging to the side of her stroller, terrified of the snails. <laughs> I was scared that the, the world was ending. Uh, that you know all this Bible Bible shit was 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 real. And then she just started transforming into a dog, you know, like a snout popped through her cute little mouth and, you know, popped the pacifier out. And I was like, and that was the end. Yeah. Now, do you think maybe the snails summoned this portal to bring in their eldritch snail lord to come find you? (laughs) Dude, dude, Josh, I don't, I don't. Now the phrase eldritch snail god is, is stuck in my head. And it's going to be there later tonight when I'm trying to go to sleep. I don't. You're um, welcome for that. Yeah, that's that's pretty rough. Kenner, you could just say stuff to him about birds and freak him out. So don't worry about it. <laughs> oh man, birds. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's not uh, get into that right now. Uh, here we go. No, I understand. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kenner, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm happy. And, yeah, uh, we thank will you. be sure to avoid any kind of sky portals. Yeah. In the future and ever. 
I'd be really curious just about the correlation between sky portals and malls. Maybe there's some sort of connection there. Yeah, maybe. I'm scared I, to dig too. I'm scared to dig too deep. You know. I feel like I am going to probably wind up researching this one night at like one in the morning, <laughs> which is the prime time to look up stuff like that because you, you access the really good internet only after <laughs> like midnight. Yeah, that's when the uh, isn't that when the dark web opens up? <laughs> yeah, the, for business. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> hours of operation for the dark web yeah late <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome thanks so much guys yeah yeah Ketner, thanks um, you are a busy man do you want to plug a few of your uh media endeavors oh yeah sure i will totally do that um i i also am a, a podcaster i'm doing the uh the over the hill nerd thing where where i have podcasting as my as my hobby um, I've been doing a pop culture nerd show with my buddy Scott Brown called Galacticus, and we're just about coming back from a hiatus. We should have a new episode up next week. Uh, and on that show, we devour a different corner of the pop culture multiverse every every week or two. And I also do a show with my wife, Lacey Davis, called Adult Crash, which is just all about being an over-the-hill punk rocker. Uh, on that show, we talk about growing up punk, and we talk to punk grown-ups. And, and yeah, so those are my two podcasts. And I also have a graphic novel that... Um, just came out uh, that was written by Lacey and illustrated by uh, yours truly. And it's called Ink and Water. So uh, anyone who's curious about that should uh, check it out. Sounds awesome. We'll check them out. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure Josh already listens to the podcasts. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> like, like much like I don't, I don't pay attention I did, to. Was, I was actually a guest on a while back. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's we right. talked, we talked uh, game mastering uh, a year or two ago already. Jeez. Time, time flies. But yeah, I know it's weird. Yeah. Like it, it's, that's the side when you guys talk about on best, uh, on best friend simulator about like just sending things out into the void. That's often how I feel, uh, <laughs> on my both different shows. And I really think of them. Um, I think one of the reasons I like your guys show so much is cause I just enjoy y- your conversations with each other. And it's clear that you guys like just gabbing on the phone. So, uh, so yeah, like, I think that my shows are kind of the same way. I like goofing around with my wife with a microphone and, and yeah. Scott Brown's one of my good buddies. So it's just like, Oh, Hey, like we wouldn't normally get, you know, he, you know, we live across the country from each other. And it's like, Hey, like I want to talk, like I'm stoked when it comes out to like talk about like Thor Ragnarok or like the new Star Trek show with like another nerd friend who is also like into that shit. So, so yeah, that's what those shows are all about. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Right guys. Well, Sweet. uh, thanks so much for having me on your spooky sode and have a happy Halloween. Yeah. Thanks. Be you safe too, out buddy. there, Kettner. Beware of the mollusks. Oh, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was Kettner's story. We're still waiting for the other witnesses to get back to us to corroborate his story, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely want to look up weird anomalous weather events like that in the future. Also, still trying to think of how the snails fit into it other than his mortal fear of mollusks. I think that's how it fits into it. Yeah. (laughs) So up next, we have our friend Jen, who lives a few blocks away from me. Good friend of mine. Yeah, her story is extra special because the the medium in which it's conveyed to us and you, the listening public, is probably my favorite. So without further ado, here is Jen with her spoopy tale of some witchcraft. Okay, we are here with our friend Jen, who has a good story. Also, she's wearing a pretty amazing fleece. Oh, thank you. Plaid type of 
shirt. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the jacket. It. It's really important to me right now. Uh, Josh, real quick before we start, are you going to describe what every guest is wearing? I just want to know if I need to. Start no, this that. is a really important jacket. Okay, fair enough. This is yeah. This is a good jacket. Okay. Yeah, it's worthy of like six people. It blew their minds today. So if it's a good complete strangers, if it's a good jacket, we'll talk about it. I walked into the weed weed store because we have those here. And, like, four different people started yelling and cheering (laughs) about my jacket. And, you know, if you got weed dudes all riled up, you're you're doing something right. Don't take much at the weed store, man. (laughs) It's true, true, but... 420. It's a good jacket. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. um, You guys just want me to start my spoopy story? Yeah. Okay. Should we, like, give an intro or anything? I mean, I'll preface it. There's definitely, like... is Is this a segment? Jen Spoopy Corner. <laughs> Jen Spoopy Corner. No, this is a part of our, our spooktacular. Dang it. Episode. Okay. Um, okay, so this is something that happened 17 years ago when I was 17, which is a million years ago. Um, so I basically remember most of this because I wrote it in my teenage diary and I have it here. So. I have the option of just reading you my teenage diary, which sounds kind of mortifying. <laughs> I'm kind of into it, though. Or just referencing. I know, yeah. I uh, I think I'll probably just have to do that. So, um, if, if we do that, though, um, I'm going to put uh, The Time of Your Life by Green Day playing in the background behind it. Oh, my God, yeah, it. please. No, no, no. I was thinking about this time <laughs> in my life was kind of the one song that I associate with, like, this few weeks in my life is that one song by Lit. That's like the car is in the front yard. <laughs> that's a good so song. Put that that's a good song. In the background, yeah, that would be great. Okay, that's going in then. Put it in in post. A spooky version, though. Yeah. So, basically, to preface, I was working at one of those like. Uh, I mean, do you want me to say the name of the store? Or should I be like? I don't sure. care. St- yeah, it was just fucking. It cost plus world market they call it now no one's ever heard of it so it's like yeah it's like ethnic homewares for people who are like don't want to go to ikea and not like want to be interesting so they get like cool pillows with like batik patterns mm. and like weird statues that are like bedazzled with shells so i was working there um and i was working with this girl who's a little bit older than me uh I feel like I should change her name, but her name was probably fake anyway. Like, everyone in this story has a name that is, like, one letter off from a normal name. So, so to make them really weird. Like, slightly unsettling. Like, in real life. So, I'm going to make them one letter off from one letter off from a normal name. So, her name was Kat. And she came into work one day and told me and my coworker Nellie... <laughs> which is not her name, but good enough, um, that this freaky stuff had been happening to her and that she needed to tell us that she was a witch, like a legit witch. So so not like Wiccan. Well, Wiccan, but like she said basically that she, this was like in the, the gross, shitty break room in the back room at this like warehouse store. She's telling us this, but she said that she was the heir to this like Italian witch coven that had been around for a really long time Mm -hmm. and that they branded her when she was a baby and uh, that they called her high priestess. Right. Um, So I guess I'm just going to read my diary now 
because that's that's all in there. But that sounds like some Suspiria shit. It is. It's some Suspiria yeah. shit. So I obviously I was like, she's a compulsive liar or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'll just roll with it. So <sighs> basically, dear diary, I didn't say that, but that's what you say. Wow, <laughs> how much can a life change in a week? Question mark. <laughs> I'm good. How quickly? Enough. It's fine. Teens. <laughs> It's just, it's teens. This is really embarrassing. How quickly can a person be spun around and made aware of an entirely different universe existing right under their nose? <laughs> Why are you laughing at teen me? Okay, so here's my first, like, emotional reaction to what she told me is, all caps, ugh. Here's the thing. Cat is a witch. She was born into an Italian coven, branded as a baby, and called high priestess her whole life. It started two nights ago, I guess. Kat had just closed the store and was on the phone with her brother, in scare quotes, Mylon. <laughs> that's that's one, one letter off from his real name, wow. which was probably an assumed name. I think he was going by some weird nickname. Um, so this was not her real brother. This was her, like, uh, magic witch brother. Witch brother. Mm, yeah. yeah. So he was this, like, very soft-spoken dude who lived in, like, a basement apartment in the U District that smelled like nog champa and like socks and he had like two kittens so he was also a witch i guess wait i'm so, sorry pause uh it smelled like what like nog champa like uh incense and oh, socks okay and if you lived just, on like, the west coast you dude sweat okay yeah you know a basement apartment oh <laughs> you, you don't yeah you're in philly sorry yeah. hi uh yeah <laughs> so uh, Jen, maybe like if you to a couple episodes you would know the whole thing sorry uh <laughs> yeah, please. okay back to the diary while they were on the phone, Mylon got a call on the other line and clicked over to answer it. It was this guy, Liam, who Kat says is a member of something called <laughs> the Army of Darkness. <laughs> I wasn't wow. like a Sam Raimi fan or like a, not a horror movie person, so I didn't understand that that was a movie. So you wouldn't Army... catch that obvious BS. That yeah, okay. right? <laughs> or maybe Sam Raimi took it from this, Possibly. this coven. Possibly. Yeah. So that, Okay. Before Mylon could ask what he wanted, the line clicked back on its own, and they were all on a call together, the three of them. So this guy Liam was like, hey, Kat, what's going on? So Kat has never met this guy, not before tonight. She knows of him through word of mouth, through witch stuff, obviously, but she says she's always felt this sort of overwhelming bad vibe from him, like he's got it in for her. On the phone, she asked him what he wanted, and he started saying really weird shit about how she needed to be destroyed and how he was going to get her. So she was like, excuse me? How do I know you? You certainly don't know me. (laughs) He laughed, creepy, and said he didn't know her and then listed out everything she was wearing. Every bit of clothing and jewelry and her shoes down to the color of her underwear. Then everything she'd done that day. Things that he couldn't possibly know. So obviously she was totally freaked out. Like, what the fuck? The call didn't last long and he hung up like a few seconds later. Spoopy. But also still all hearsay, because, like, I didn't hear this call. Right. So Kat felt sick and just wanted to go home to sleep, but when she got there, everything was wrong. Her things were all moved around like someone had been there. Her bed had been pushed into the center of the room. All her Wicca stuff had been taken down, tossed in a pile on the floor with a blanket thrown over it. The metal chimes she had hanging from her ceiling were taken down and bent and thrown on the floor, too. Freaky. She gathered everything up and spent the night pouring salt all around her room. She said it was some kind of warding thing to keep spirits away. 
Then she went to bed, and that night she woke up to a dark figure standing across the room. She couldn't move, and it didn't speak, and almost as quickly as she saw it, it went up in flames and dissolved into the floor. There's a stain on her carpet, but it felt like a dream, maybe, and she can't remember if the stain was already there or if it's something new <laughs> left behind by this thing. Wow. Carpet oh, stain wow, wow. evidence. Is this a witch stain or is this just is this a regular a witch stain, stain? Or did I spill some wine here last week? This is either a witch burnt up or like yeah. we were doing one of those volcano experiments. And I yeah. forgot we did that. <laughs> yeah. Was that here that we did that? Yeah, I don't know. I probably dropped some Nag Champa on the ground and it burned a carpet. Okay, so. Did my ferret pee here? Your ferret? She probably, she didn't have she, a ferret. She had two dogs. Okay. I went to her house. Mm. I saw them. The dude she probably had like, a ferret, though. Yeah. Right? He, he did not have a ferret. He had two kittens. But he's Pay the type of guy Josh. who would have a ferret, though. Two yeah, kittens. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not wrong in that, right? Yeah. Did, okay. did one of the kittens like sit on his shoulder? This the the creepy army of darkness guy probably had like five ferrets. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So she called work the next morning saying she'd be late, obviously, and went with Mylon to the little magic shop on Broadway to find some protection. When they walked in, there was a sudden gust of wind that blew through the store and rattled the shelves and rang the chimes hanging around the shop, and they were both surprised by it. Like, what the hell was that? The woman behind the counter immediately rushed over and grabbed Kat's hands and said, I have everything you need. She started grabbing items off the shelves and laying it all out on the counter without saying another word. Creepy, right? Anyway, Kat got her chicken's foot and whatever else. <laughs> Which is, I thought I was making a joke about witches, but I looked it up and that is actually what you would buy. <laughs> also, can so she we, got uh, her chicken's foot. Uh, uh, also, real quick, remember when you didn't think you should have read this out of the diary? I know. I, okay. I think we can it's probably that. the best. It was a good call. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, very good call. Okay. She got her chicken's foot and whatever else. And once she'd done what she needed to do, she just went about her day. She came to work and told us about it later. Nellie and I worked an early shift, so we made plans to meet Kat at Nellie's house after she was done closing. But when I got there, Nellie told me we had to drive back to the store, that we had to pick Nat up because she was still there talking with the cops. Apparently, one of Liam's friends had come by the store after they'd locked up and was peering in the windows. Cat called the police and made a report. Nellie and I drove back, and when we got there, they all seemed pretty spooked. Okay, this is like classic teen diary shit, because mm -hmm. the next paragraph, our manager Althea saw the ghost that night, too, after insisting he wasn't real for months. So this is the first time I've ever mentioned, like, this ghost in my diary. This is also one of the first times I've ever written in detail about this job I had and the people I was working with. Like, I had had this job for two months, and I spent all the time in my diary talking about like dudes I had crushes on and like what their hair looked like and didn't mention that like I had a job mm -hmm. and there was a ghost in my job. So there was this ghost in our store because our store used to be a grocery store that was built in the 50s. And the story was that the dairy manager at the old grocery store freaked out and went downstairs to the basement and hung himself. And he was like haunting the back of the store. So there was this big like wall of baskets like kind of back that you had to walk by to get back to the like warehouse and the baskets would always fall down like shoot off the wall and you'd have to reset them after you had already cleaned them up so anyway our manager was like there's no ghost and then she, apparently the same day when the dude was being creepy she saw the ghost walking into the back and she was like i'm a believer now so the other spoopy thing did he smell like spoiled milk Probably. I never detail. saw him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like a dead dairy manager would definitely yeah. smell like spoiled milk. Yeah, probably. He was definitely, he wore like like the um, mid-century milkman kind of dairy manager, mm -hmm. like all white, mm -hmm. which is a very creepy thing for a ghost Milky to wear. Ghost. And that weird ass hat. 
Yeah, the weird-ass hat, exactly. Milk hat. So, she said she believes now, and that she saw him walking in the back after they closed, headed for the old basement door. She seemed pretty rattled. I mean, I don't blame her. The ghost first, then that weird guy looking in the windows. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So... So we left, me and Nellie and Kat, and drove to Greek Row, which is in the U District, where all the frat boys live, to get my lawn. But when we got to the house, there were these two guys outside leaning up against a car. We waited for Mylon to come out, and Kat was just staring at these guys, like not even taking her eyes off of them. She rolled down the window and gave them this like acidic look. She started asking them questions about what they were doing there, like blunt, angry questions. The guys just ignored her, and Nellie and I didn't know what to do. We were like, whoa, Kat, calm down. They're just some dudes. She told us they were friends of Liam's and that she recognized them, knew their car. And then I say, ugh, again, because ugh. So... Mylon finally came out and we drove to Broadway to grab some food, and when we came out of the restaurant, Mylon pointed at something across the street. Kat told us to walk on ahead to the grocery store and that she'd walk alone to meet us there. We asked Mylon what was happening, and he said they'd spotted Liam's car and that Kat wanted to walk alone and maybe try to draw him out or force him to make a move. We got to the store, and Kat arrived right after. She said he'd just driven away like he knew he'd been spotted. As we went inside, this police guy who sits there at the door late at night was like, hey, we stopped selling beer in three minutes, guys. And she said, that's all right. We're not here for beer. <laughs> she took... <laughs> we're here for witch stuff. We're, we're here for witch stuff. Um, she took us to the floral section and threw some candles, little votive candles, in a basket, then some single white orchid stems, one for each of us. We drove to Gasworks Park, um, which is actually this very cool park in seattle and there's like a really big hill with like this winding path that goes up it and there's this like weird like metal engraved like plate at the top it's very spoopy and then like it looks over the lake so (sighs) we drove to gasworks park nat gave us each three candles and an orchid stem out of the bag and then walked down to the water alone to do something Nellie and Mylon and I climbed the path up to the big hill and waited there. It was dark and cold and the sky was half cloudy and half stars and there were some drunk guys down on the dock talking and playing an acoustic guitar. (laughs) Nellie and I walked around (laughs) on the weird engraved stuff at the top of the hill and in the dark it looked really mysterious like secret runes. It was all very moody. After a little bit, Kat came up the hill and showed us how to make a circle with our candles, or more like a triangle, with the orchid stem in the middle. We each wished for something, and we each said goodbye to something, and then we stood there for a while watching the candles burn and shivering in the cold, and it was really nice. Like a nice bonding moment. <laughs> really? We're warding off spirits. It's nice. It was very nice. It's nice. We left after 3 a.m. and dropped my lawn off. Stopped on the way to buy laundry detergent. So I guess I'm a witch now, or whatever. <laughs> it's the laundry wow. detergent. That makes you a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what you wished for? I don't remember what I wished for. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't what remember what I wished to? for, and I don't remember what I said goodbye to. Which you is said weird. goodbye to the. I probably wished something about my teen detergent. crush. <laughs> okay, I worked a closing shift today, and all evening I just felt odd. There was this vibe in the air, like I could feel the ghost hanging around, like something was agitating him, like he was just around the corner. Nellie felt it too and seemed really nervous, like she was really scared. I tried to make jokes and told her it would be okay, but then as we closed up just after 7pm when Kat was locking the front doors, there was this car outside again. A white car just like the one from outside Mylon's house. They were parked out in the empty parking lot while we were closing and they just weren't moving. They were sitting there, 
Nellie and I both had this weird sick feeling in our stomachs, and we opened up this pack of steak knives from the kitchen section, half joking about it, and slipped them into our apron pockets just in case. (laughs) We had to take the garbage out, which meant unlocking the door and walking to the dumpster behind the building, and we all went together, all three of us spooked out of our minds. But when we came back, the car was gone, finally. We let ourselves back inside and locked the door and felt relieved. We kept clothing, but something felt weird and off, and I was organizing the shelves in the gourmet section. I realized that the stereo was playing that song, Witchy Woman, like out of nowhere. I found Nellie, and she had noticed it too. Then the song ended, and Black Magic Woman started up, and it was the weirdest, creepiest thing. That stereo plays the same 20 or whatever songs over and over and over, and we'd never heard it play anything like that before. As we were talking to Kat about it, the phone rang and Althea answered. It was for Kat, but once she was on the line, whoever it was hung up. It happened twice more and Althea told them, please stop calling. I had to leave at 8.30, but Nellie stayed behind with Kat and talked to the police. It was all way too strange. That's it. So the thing about Teen Diaries is that it's like an endless sequence of B-plots that never get resolved. That is the last thing I ever wrote about any of that shit. And then I just started writing about crushes again. Crushes. And, like, referenced Cat like, in passing. Like, oh, I went to have coffee with Cat. No weird shit I, happened. Oh! I have so many questions. Wait, okay. The actual end to that, the last time I saw her, she got fired. Because a few months later, after I had stopped hanging out with her very much, she did this huge sale to this old woman who came into the store. This old woman wanted, like, 50 of these chairs that we had. And she was like, I need them for my event space. And Kat was all excited about this big sale she had made. And everyone was like, oh, my God, Kat made the biggest sale ever. So we had to, like, go get all these chairs from the other stores from around the region and, like, drove out to get them. And then it turned out she made the old woman up. There was never an order. And she even wrote, like, a fake check. But then it was obviously fake. And then said that the woman had backed out at the last minute. And she got fired. Because it was, like, oh, not even going to be successful really out. check fraud. <laughs> it wasn't, like, our boss was like, what are you doing and why? What was the point? Do you think she was under the influence yes. of her opponent's spell? Yes. I also think, because I don't have any, I reference in my diary that I hung out with her, like, pretty regularly. I have no memory of that. And my memory is, like, Swiss cheese, so it's not surprising, but... Like, I feel like I got cursed. Maybe because of your involvement. In yeah, the and probably thing. the only stuff I remember is yeah, the dude. stuff I wrote down, right? You got men in black. Yeah, I did. Yeah, so... You know what I'm saying. Yeah, the thing about, like, my memory of this stuff is always set in October because I'm like, oh, it was probably, like... They switch those CDs out and have, like, seasonal songs on them. Right. And there's no way for you to, like... It was one of those stereos where they would, like, deliver the music and put it in. You couldn't plug external sources into it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably just they flipped over to, like, the halloween mix. But the shit happened in February. So, like, there's no way, there's no reason that music would be playing on the stereo. And it's literally, like, the creepy dudes following us and the weird music. That's the two things in the story that I'm just like, whoa, what? So. So are you still a witch? Yes. For sure. I think I'm, like, it's, like, a permanent thing where if you do the ritual, you're, like, in for life. You bought the detergent. Yeah, I bought the, I bought the detergent. Witch yeah. detergent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So witches are real. Watch out. And 
for the army of darkness milk ghosts are real (laughs) milk ghosts witches are real milk ghosts are totally real i actually i really wanted to call the store today and like ask be like hey guys you got a ghost in there does anybody got to know about the ghost could you do that yeah and we could follow up with you later yeah 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 okay i could go out there that'd be great yeah i just i i get weird about like being the annoying person who calls and you know when you're working at a store and people call and try to talk to you and you're just like oh fuck off yeah i'm gonna be that guy and be like hey you got any ghosts and they'll be like we don't sell those (laughs) but they probably what if you say what if you say you're jen they'll be like oh jen the witch you remember me jen yeah no well i i uh i didn't have a good ending with the manager there so it's been 17 years no it was me the whole time (laughs) i committed light check fraud i did this thing where i made up an old lady buying 50 chairs (laughs) made up this whole story about being a witch it was intense (laughs) yeah no i uh that same manager moved over to the other store i worked at later and i got mad at her and when i quit i was like she sucks did you curse her I did. I, I hexed her. I put a hex on her. So she's probably Shit. dead now, so it's fine. Or a toad. It's fine. I don't have to worry. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that. That was a really good yeah, story. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> thanks. From the diary. <laughs> thanks for listening to my teen diary. Hi, dog. Yeah, no problem. I think this needs to be a regular segment where you just read us a different part of your teenage that diary. That sounds horrible, but I have a lot. Yeah, I, have I think. a lot of teenage diary the fact that you shared your teenage diary with us is also a spooky thing yeah it that's is terrifying yeah it is terrifying <laughs> yeah the worst well Teens thank you though okay thanks guys yeah thanks, thanks for the spookiness Okay, that was Jen's story. I want to thank her again for sharing that and laying bare her teenage soul. I still think we need to have a podcast where Jen just reads her diary. <laughs> That's true. We should maybe expand that and just have people reading from their teenage diaries. Oh, man, that would be great. That right, We're definitely I, doing that. You know, that might actually be a podcast. I'm thinking that might be a thing that exists in the world. Mm, yeah, probably. But, you know, so is a bunch of other stuff that we do on this podcast. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Up next is our friend Jim with some pretty great kind of sleep paralysis stories and maybe a little ghost stuff in there too, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, we met Jim a long time ago playing music. Then he moved to Philly. Then he'll tell everybody how I, we both, Josh and I both moved away from him after he moved to Philly. And then, uh, you know, since I moved back to Philadelphia, you know, we are pretty close, but he's still like how Josh reminds me. I, I never called him that summer 25 years ago. Jim reminds me how I moved away from him 10 years ago. Everybody's holding on to these grudges. There's nothing I can do about it. All right. Here's Jim's story. Uh, one really quick thing. So the audio for this one came out a little bit messed up. There was a buzzing sound on Jim's end that I tried to do my best to minimize. Maybe it was a ghost messing it up. I think so. Or maybe it was just technical difficulties and us still not quite knowing what we're doing. But here's Jim. All right. We're here with our friend Jim. And Jim has brought us some spooky tales. Hey guys, how's it going? 
Hey. Hey, Jim. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure. Before before I begin, I was wondering if I could just address this whole cod situation. Please do. Fine. I was I was there. I witnessed the eating of the cod. I don't remember. E- I don't remember you being there. I was. You kept yelling about the uh, dictatorship of the proletariat while you were eating it. So I, I think that <laughs> falls squarely in the workers' camp. <laughs> oh shit! Maybe you were there. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah, that's. Me. It was very strange. Anyway, go ahead with your story. Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for having me on. I'm a long time uh, listener, first time caller. Um, but I had talked to Josh about this a little uh, when I was in high school. So I was probably like. 15 or 16, maybe. I know a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people have had experiences like this, but um, for whatever reason, it was the, I remember being in the middle of the day and I decided to like take a nap. So I was sleeping um, and I have a very distinct memory of waking up, but not being able to move, not being able to breathe, not being able to open my eyes, but I knew that I was awake or at least conscious, you know, and that's a pretty scary thing. So I was laying there sort of paralyzed, unable to move. And then uh, I had the uh, distinct feeling of, what it felt like somebody or something, but it felt like a person crawling uh, on top of the bed where I, you know, I was like under some blankets, like crawling on top of the bed and holding the blankets down so I, I couldn't get up. And that's, you know, so I was, like I said, I couldn't open my eyes and I couldn't really breathe, but I was straining to like do something about this because it's pretty terrifying to the point where it felt like whatever this, you know, this person or whatever, I could feel what felt like, this is kind of weird, but felt what felt like stubble or beard growth i guess like rubbing on my face as it like put it, whatever you know felt like someone's face putting their face right next to mine you know you can kind of feel like someone's presence which you know made it even worse and then the next thing i can kind of i kind of remember is just jumping straight up out of bed and my blankets going everywhere and me uh landing standing on top of my bed uh, fully awake and like super adrenalized and it's pretty freaky oh, that's crazy I've had a few other sort of experiences like that, or at least where, you know, like sleep paralysis, I guess, where it feels like there's people or a person. One time, um, a couple of years later, I was sleeping in a van right after I got, right after I got out of jail, which sounds like way more intense than it was, but uh, <laughs> it, sort of, it sort of happened to me again where, like, uh, you know, I would wake up but not be able to move or breathe, and it felt like there was somebody in there with me. Can you please save the jail story for our jail stories episode? <laughs> sure. It isn't. I was only. It was less than forty-eight hours. It was like not really that ex- uh, that exciting, but um, <laughs> it sounds cool to say stuff like that, I suppose. <laughs> and then, actually, recently, um, the, fi- the the first weekend of November, which yeah, it is this weekend, I guess. Some of you, both Josh and Dennis know, and other friends of ours, we go on this like uh, we go away to this cabin in the middle of the state twice a year, play role-playing games and board games with a bunch of people so the last time we went which would have been in the spring our friend alan who did the music for your podcast and was on the music episode and i were sleeping in a room and uh you know the next morning we, i had said something to him i was like oh yeah i had this really nutty dream but i thought it was a dream where i felt like i woke up and i couldn't move and there was somebody standing over me like with a you know like, oh, like a hooded figure standing over looking at me and alan was like dude i had the same dream the same experience so i don't know maybe i brought the shadow people into his life or there was some creeper watching you sleep. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, or we just have creepy friends. It's probably Kane. He cut the hood off his hoodie and then put it on himself. <laughs> he just puts the hood on. Yep. Uh, yeah, so our friend Kane, who I, I believe we mentioned before, we owe him uh, a, a giant check, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Right. Oh, that's right. Um, and I told you not to say hi to him, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, he hates hoods, so he'll, he'll. I've seen him with a new hoodie. He cut the hood off right in front of me, in front of all of us, I think. <laughs> 
he doesn't like any anything or anybody creeping over him. So maybe Kane keeps the hood and puts it on when he watches his friend sleep. <laughs> it's possible. That's his, his his sleep creep hood. <laughs> so with your with your first story, did you ever find out like that? You know, somebody came into your room to see if you were doing uh, okay, or no? I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't really believe in any of this stuff. Sort of just chalk this up to stress or you know, psychological, or whatever. Because I mean, all those, I mean, aside, from, well, except for the stress of like being stuck in one place in the middle of the state with a bunch of people the gaming weekend. Other than that, I mean, most of these things occurred sort of particularly stressful times. You know, just getting out of jail was like not the greatest experience, and mm-hmm. being a fifteen-year-old kind of sucks. At least it did for me. I think uh, I meant, I think I mentioned this in another story about sleep paralysis because this <laughs> this spooky stories podcast is turning into a bunch of stories about sleep paralysis sure. um <laughs> well it's it's way more common than i thought it was i suppose yeah yeah but i i, I think i said this that i had it happen a couple times when i was sick and i <clears> think it's because i couldn't breathe and did you um, ever have like the distinct feeling of a figure involved or like a person involved? no but i remember not being able to move and just making this noise a lot because I couldn't say anything either, and it freaked mm-hmm. me the fuck out. And when I told a sleep doctor about that, like two years ago, she was like, "Whoa, cool!" I was like, "No, it's terrifying." <laughs> she get in. I'm sure there's like a clinical study you can get in or something. They're always looking at this stuff. Yeah, she was so excited. Yeah, there's a documentary about it that I haven't actually seen yet. Um, that my my partner uh, works for a film company, and she went to the premiere of that. I think at a, at a festival, and there was um, they showed the film, the documentary about sleep paralysis, and then all the different theories about it. And then the director was there and asked like how many people in the audience had experienced it. And it was like more than half the people. So I guess it's a fairly common thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty common. I think it happens to a lot of people. I, I had a stat in my head, but it's gone. So <laughs> goodbye stat. How many people um, do you think it happens to Josh? Uh, 40. <laughs> yeah. I'd say that's about right. 40, 40 people at every movie screening has had sleep yeah. paralysis. <laughs> I've actually, I've seen that, uh, the nightmare, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, I enjoyed that, but still the scariest thing I've ever seen was, it was on some random TV show on the History Channel, back when the History Channel turned into the Paranormal <laughs> Channel, uh, about sleep paralysis. And they, they got into the hag, which is one of the very common hallucinations people have. They yeah. see this old lady standing in their room, but they did a recreation of this. And the hag was standing in the doorway, and she runs up to the camera and sticks her face into it. And I have chills thinking about it. It's like one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, at the time when I was, you know, what happened when I was a young, when I was young, when I was like fifteen, it was like pretty scary. At the time, I also was convinced that our house was haunted, which I don't actually believe is true now. But it seemed like a, what? A thing to what believe. made you think that at the time? Well, so I come like uh, I come from like a long line of superstitious Irish people. It's like my grandmother could read tea leaves, and then like the night she died, apparently she like appeared in a vision to my cousin. You know what I mean? This is all just like yeah. So this is like in the milieu of my family anyway. But my mom always talked about when we moved into the house that I grew up in. The first night that they were there, she same thing happened to her where she woke up in the middle of the night and felt like there was someone like look, you know, like standing over her, like watching her or whatever. And it's been a few things about that. And then I don't know. I think I was mostly just like a bored kid and seemed like a a fun thing to convince myself of. Um, oh yeah, there were a few yeah. other things. I mean, I, I I feel like at one point I remember seeing like a what looked like a kid standing in the window, even though I knew I was home by myself. Just you know things like that. I don't like I said I don't really believe in that stuff now, but it seemed like a fun thing at the time. 
yeah i think being a bored kid with an overactive imagination leads you to all kinds of things like that for sure i definitely remember at one point draping tinfoil over my doorway uh, because i was convinced it would keep the ghosts out. yeah did it work i i didn't see any ghosts so i Ah, guess so worked perfect (laughs) yeah look at us now well josh you also turned me on if i can plug another podcast sorry the Astonishing Legends podcast that you yeah. you had mentioned, and they have a whole episode in there about shadow people, um, oh, yeah. which led me to the shadow people discussion message board on the internet, which is pretty fantastic. And it's just sort of people sharing stories like this, which is also kind of strange because there is some commonality, I guess, between yeah. kind of like what happened, like what I thought happened to me and what other people have reported. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how many, uh, yeah, like you said, like so many sleep paralysis stories do have these very common things. There's a lot of people hallucinate the hag, a lot of people hallucinate uh, a cat sitting on their chest and preventing them from being able to breathe. That happens it's to me in real life. At least, I mean, maybe it's just a giant hallucination. I mean, my cat, both my cats are black. It's true. I wish my cats were hallucinations. <laughs> I actually, an ex of mine years back, was telling me that she believed that her house was haunted growing up. I'm like, oh, really? Like, what made you think that? And she was like, yeah, like, I used to lay in bed and I couldn't move. And somebody would come in and I would see an old lady. And then this cat used to come out. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's sleep paralysis. Like, that's totally, those are the things everybody gets. She's like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) Like, okay. She's like, okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I guess. That's the thing that's really interesting to me is that we've talked about it, I think, in earlier episodes, how people just you could psych yourself into believing anything sure. and, you know like our our sensory equipment isn't perfect it gets kind of processed by our brain so we add so much to it or take right. away so much from it and i think if you just convince yourself that you saw something the way it is and as you recall it over and over again throughout the years you you add things to it and it becomes more and more what you want it to be yeah i think that's true like the story about Dennis being convinced he was at uh, our friend's house when our friend chased our other friend around with a sword because <laughs> he was so pissed off at him. No, what? You were convinced you were there for that. No, that wasn't me. A sword? No, I don't remember that. You forget that I was there when your per- the, someone in the back in your backyard asked you for a bite of your meatball sandwich. Oh yeah, that maybe that's what I'm. Thinking and I about. was there because story. you were making us dinner. I was by myself. <laughs> you totally weren't. I was there. You made us barbecue tofu sandwiches. So I I feel like I should address this. Mm, please do. Uh, I was making a barbecue tofu sandwich uh, back. <laughs> when I lived on, two, on Garrett Street two sandwiches, Two sandwiches. One sandwich. And our we, we lived in a South Philly row home. We had a tiny little concrete backyard that butted up right up against somebody else's backyard on the opposite side. And uh, there was just like a little cinder block wall separating our, our yards. And I was making food and the right in front of the window, and I just hear a little kid's voice say, <laughs> Hey, mister. And I was like, huh hey mister i was like yeah let me get a bite of that meatball sandwich <laughs> stress stress was on meat on that one uh and i was like oh it's it's not meatballs and the kid was like what is it it's barbecue tofu didn't hear from the kid again maybe it was a shadow person <laughs> maybe i was there. That's, how you, that's how we wore them off with tofu they were wearing like a a fedora so Oh, yeah, see, old-timey. Mm. That's one of the things that weirds me out the most about shadow people. 
is that how many people are convinced that there's a fedora? Oh my god, Dennis <laughs> is holding up a picture of Freddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the man with the man in the hat. That's like a common thing, right? Yeah, people it's a fedora, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Or it's, you know, general hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Jim, thanks for the stories. They're pretty creepy. Uh, yeah, sure. Oh, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry you saw all those shadow people. No, that's it's cool. a beard thing, this the stubble on your face thing. That yeah, I mean, I have a really a distinct detail. memory of that. Yeah, even now, you know, even to this day, like you know, and also, you know, along with that, I also kind of you could, I could like see, felt like I could like feel like a person's hair too, like greasy kind of like hair, like on your face too, like just laying there and you couldn't do anything. And, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that sounds awful. We're glad oh, I, I should I should mention I, I, my bedroom was in the attic. Did I not mention that? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that would have been a good detail. Sorry, you just put That's that okay. in post, right? <laughs> and my bedroom's in the attic. Uh, well, we're glad the shadow people didn't take you away. Yeah, I don't know that shadow people actually take people oh. away. Isn't one of the theories that they're just they're sort of like. Uh, visitors from another place and they're just here to try to sort of figure out what, what we got going on yeah I've, I've heard some speculation that they're they exist in a a parallel world right. that either exists concurrently with ours or is overlapped with ours and something weird happens and that's one of the things but also sometimes they seem more sinister a lot more sinister than just some confused ass dude yeah yeah well to the shadow people around the world i welcome you to to our parallel <laughs> dimension <laughs> now they know where to go to first <laughs> alright well thanks for the story yeah thanks for having me on Yeah, uh, yep. I hope you guys thanks, uh, keep on podcasting I really enjoy it oh thanks okay thank you Jim for sharing that with us That the detail about the stubble on the face just the yeah give me as, shivers as, as I scratch my own stubble it just so up next is our friend ryan who is so i i I have an admission to make here guys uh i have several people that i i think of as my best friend in my best friend class they all have different titles dennis i call my best friend sal is my hetero life partner my friend randy i think of as my brother and ryan is my bff so yeah, many, I, I just so many titles. But what's funny is, you know, there's no hetero life partner simulator podcast. So you you pick it's true, and I call you, you pick the right one to do the podcast with. That's all I'm trying to say. That's I call you my best friend, and we are doing you best can't friend do simulator a, a podcast with Sal because he won't so, even listen to it. I, he told me he listened once. He lied to you. Well, lies are spooky. <laughs> Ooh. Anyway, Ryan's story I think is a little bit. I mean. It's a little bit different than the rest of the stories because it's kind of just absurd, even though Jen's was kind of absurd, too. But absurd well, in the way of like, it's not ju- it's not just it's also it's scary as well as just weird. So here's Ryan. All right. So we're here with our friend Ryan and Ryan's going to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, say hi. <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> Ryan's in the uh, Philadelphia studios. What do you think about the digs? Uh, it's really good. I really like the whatever soundboard things you have. Shh, don't ruin it. <laughs> uh, so Ryan's gonna yeah, that's a, talk about the soundboard. It's that's a, a mark of professionalism. Yeah. So I spent about nine dollars <laughs> and I got some uh, acoustical pads 
or whatever you call them professionally, and I put them on the wall so that there's less reverb, and obviously this podcast sounds so much better. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, it's it's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those really, looks six really professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, roughly eight by eight. I thought for a second that you were Mark Barron's. Surprise, motherfucker. I'm Mark Marins. What the fudge? Oh, God. All right, anyway. <laughs> Ryan is going to tell us a, a creepy story from her childhood. So, Ryan, go ahead. This this is one of my favorites. And just really quick, um, when I came up with the idea for this Halloween spooktacular, uh, Ryan's story was the first you're one like, I thought of. You're building it up so, so much. It's so silly. No, it's, <laughs> it's so silly. the best one. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so my story starts when I was a very young child. I was eight, seven, eight years old. And just to set up a little bit of the scene, my mom and I lived in this duplex. Uh, we had this kind of scary basement that I was never really scared of, though, until something happened. And uh, yeah, so I was about seven or eight. I came home from school with my babysitter and it turned out that someone had tried to break into our basement. And so um, what we basically found was the downstairs, the whole window had been broken through. And mind you, you know, growing up, I was a pretty, you know, like uninhibited kid you know i wasn't really scared of a lot of stuff which is totally opposite now and uh, i used to like break into our house all the time when i forgot my key so this was not something i ever thought about um but apparently someone had broken in and the only thing that had i guess scared them away was our dog uh who um was just apparently vicious enough where they just went away but it was really the first time i think as a kid i thought whoa like something really terrible could happen to me or my mom and it was just me and my mom so it was it was scary that said, that night, uh, I went to bed thinking everything was cool, you know, not a big deal. And, uh, because I was a really, uh, dumb kid and watched a lot of scary movies, and because I also had a really overactive imagination, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was terrified because what I thought I heard was someone actually in the house again. And mind you, there had been a bunch of break-ins in our neighborhood before, and so this wasn't necessarily something that was completely out of the picture. The likelihood of someone coming back obviously was very small. But I thought I heard someone walking downstairs. And then as I laid in my bed, I heard a scratching on the back of my, of the wall of my bed. And so between those two things, you can imagine I'm like a seven year old kid and like I am terrified. Like I'm laying in bed paralyzed with fear thinking, and I have a nightlight, mind you too. And I'm still like terrified. And so I just, I, I must have laid in bed for like an hour just hearing someone walk around downstairs, knowing my mom was in the next room, knowing that was not her. And then also hearing the scratching as though someone was slowly, very slowly scratching into the room. <laughs> and so, and so I laid there terrified, but you know, part of my overactive imagination was like, if I get out of the bed, whatever scratching is going to grab me, it's going to pull me. I am going to be, it's just something terrible is going to happen to me, my mom, to something else. But finally, after a very, very long time, I eventually, mustered up the courage to, to kind of get out of my bed and uh, run towards the door. Because if I got to the door, I can open it up, but my, my mom's bedroom was like five feet away. But the problem is once I got up and I ran, uh, I can hear someone walking up the stairs. And I'm just, just getting more and more terrified. So I run and just totally horrified, grab the doorknob. But as I'm grabbing the doorknob, I look to the right-hand side and there, on my wall, because I'm like seven or eight years old, is a poster of Ralph Macchio. As you do. And in that moment, I was grabbing the doorway. The poster, the face in the poster turned to me and goes, hey, 
How you doing? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So I, I know it's funny now, but I'm as sure, yeah. but as a kid, grabbing that, and I remember so distinctly the turn looking at me, and he was probably maybe like two feet away from me. The poster turns, look at me, and I and all I remember is that moment. And the next morning, I woke up in our hallway, sleeping next to our our uh, hamper. And I couldn't remember anything else after that point. That was it. So you were sleepwalking. Here's the thing, though. I wasn't. I was actually awake. But apparently, I think I hallucinated the whole what? the whole thing. So you sleepwalk slash sleep paralysis slash first sexy dream? It was not hey, sexy. How you doing? That's, Come on. That's, that, that's a different You're story. You're so handsome. Uh, you know, though, earlier that day actually was the day that Ralph Macchio passed away. So. <laughs> is that is yeah? That's that's what happened. He's he's no he's no longer living. Bullshit. <laughs> no, he, he he's passed. He's alive and well. And then. and here's the thing: I I fully understand as an adult that this is totally not a scary story. But having some a poster move in your room, it stuck with me. Like I immediately, first of all, took down that poster. My mom was so confused on how I wound up in the hallway. I don't remember anything else after that point. And I was pretty certain as a kid that it was some kind of weird fucking demonic force that was speaking through Ralph Macchio, I guess. So if I saw that today, I would be mortified. (laughs) Wait, what? Uh, but to be fair, I also have a really overactive imagination. I also thought the werewolf from American Werewolf in London was in my house for a really long time. I shouldn't talk about the cat's eye troll either, which I... Yeah, um, <laughs> you should talk about that. So for about a year after I saw Cat's Eye, I would... Everyone's seen Cat's Eye, right? Doesn't you seen Cat's Eye, right? Was that the one with Drew Barrymore where the... Yes. There's like a troll and the and her cat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, a little troll that lives in her her wall. So, um I should I should mention that as a kid I looked exactly like that. Um like that little girl looked exactly <laughs> like me. Not so, the not no, the troll. No, I did not like that. I didn't look like the troll. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Um so <laughs> So what These I cats are always fucking with me. <laughs> I'll just try to live in my hole in the wall. So uh, when when I was little and I saw that movie, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's me. So for a year, and I'm not exaggerating, for a year, I used to lean books, clothes, everything I could find up against every single open wall in my entire room. Because my thought process was, well, if the troll's going to come, he can't find an opening to get me. But I used to methodically do that every night and then take it down every morning for a year. How long have we been friends? 18 years. 19 years. Yeah. Right? No. Uh, it's going to be 20, maybe? Maybe 20 years. 20 years, yeah. yeah. I wish you would have told me that story <laughs> 20 years ago, because it would explain so much. Yo, I, I'm not thinking that, about that. <laughs> okay, I also, I thought about this the other day, because I was thinking about this, and I was like, this is not a good story. But I also remembered how in high school, I'm going to repeat that, high school, um, for some reason, I was really scared of the Predator for a couple of months. I mean, he's terrifying. <laughs> and I used to think he was just silently standing in the corner of my room for at least like two months. And I would just hear his breathing. <laughs> all right. So I think the follow-up question that we all have, did you cover yourself in mud and try to catch him one day? No, I think in my mind, I went, what if I just have enough covers on me that he can't see my heat signature and it's okay? But that would make you more hot, though. Yeah, listen, don't don't try to rationalize this, all right? I, I don't I don't I don't need that, all right? So you basically raised yourself. Is that what you're trying to say? 
that I raised myself. Yeah, you let yourself watch Predator. <laughs> oh. I mean, you were raised by movie characters. Yeah, I mean, I would say that I had a really overactive imagination and my dad, um, not my mom. My mom is wonderful and she's a responsible parent. Sure. But my dad used to let me stay up uh, and by, be by myself until like two or three o'clock in the morning in the house and I used to watch USA up all night. There so, you go. All right. All comes together. Uh, yeah. So pretty much everything that you can imagine I've been terrified of. <laughs> and even though I'm totally not, you know, I don't believe in the supernatural or anything like that, I still scare the shit out of myself sometimes. Like but- still. Yeah, no. I'm thinking uh, the predator is hiding somewhere. I haven't had a predator scare, but I definitely thought there was like a hider in the house situation for the last month in my new house. So what? (laughs) Well, there's like a weird. Wait, can I pause? Pause. Hider in the house. (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know, Hider in the House is a movie with Gary Busey where he burns down his childhood home, Mm -hmm. goes to prison. Oh, childhood home with his parents in it. Goes to prison. Comes out years later, sees that the house is being rebuilt, hides in a whole, like a section of the attic and builds himself he into builds it. builds himself a little. And then waits until the family moves in and then just basically spies on the family and then tries to get with the mom. So continue. <laughs> so you thought Gary Busey was living in your attic of your newly purchased house. I think, so you're saying think as though it's past tense. <laughs> I just moved in, so you know it's still a thought. And Eric, my partner, thinks I'm insane because I keep on going, but shouldn't we put something over the crawl space? He's like, why? There's nothing in there. I was like, but is there? But Gary Busey. Yeah, and then there's also an attic in my house too now. I just, yeah, I just need some some things to... I kind of feel like we should mention, so so Ryan and I have lived together off and on for many years. Um... (laughs) I I love scaring people, and Jamie will not abide by that. I, I think if I tried to scare her, I'd be kicked out onto the street. So I used to, I think, have to take it out on Ryan a lot. Yeah, I kind of forgot that you did this until right now, so yeah, continue. So I used to, we both were, at when we lived together, we uh, used to stay up very, very late. And I would hear you go to the bathroom <laughs> at like 2 or 3 in the morning, and I would just stand in the doorway and wait for you to come out. I did that so many times. Wow, what a dream. Yeah. Uh, I sh- there was the day that, that Michael Jackson died. <laughs> and you came over to Jamie's apartment. Oh, my God. That was... And I waited for you to walk up into her apartment. And I jumped out of the darkness. And went... <laughs> and you almost peed yourself. I, I literally don't think I've ever jumped that far back before. Like, I wow. like it's like I jumped back through the doorway mm-hmm. out of the apartment. <laughs> What a buddy. Um, yeah, him and Sal, uh, who is another person that we live with, uh, like to joke a lot about. I, I was living in this weird room in our house that had like this weird bump out of a wall. And they used to try to be like, you know, there's like a creature living in there and just would have this like ongoing thing. Not just a creature. You tell tell the audience what it is. Is it cockroach with man head? Cockroach with man head. <laughs> and... Between that and Sal also doing what Josh did where sometimes he would just wait outside my door until I opened it, like late at night where it's all dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have really great friends, guys. It's, wow. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. That sounds really great. Uh-huh. It's it's really cool. Um, Bunch of good buddies. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sal. No, that's, thanks, that's Josh. That's a sign that I love you. I, I wouldn't scare somebody that I don't care about. 
They're not scare me. Although I, I should mention that um, I also have seen Josh really scared before we went to go see Paranormal Activity together, and that that I don't know why that's the movie that scared both of us, but we both. So have you seen the movie? No. So there's just a lot of creepy ghost stuff in that, mm-hmm. and a lot of like grabbing of like legs and I, I don't know what it was but that when we got back from watching that for some reason josh and i both heard things downstairs and we both woke up at exactly the same time and then scared <laughs> each other and then creep downstairs holding each other waiting to, to, to find something <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> i did yeah you know, was... i think i i scare you so much because i get as scared as you I know, do i think yeah. so well, and I just remember it was one of those things where I was like, we were like literally holding each other as we went down. Like, like fucking Scooby-Doo and yeah. Shaggy and shit. <laughs> and mind you, both our partners are sleeping silently, peacefully in the, in the, our beds. Wow. Yeah. So. Good thing you guys watch horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like that's, yeah, that's something that we've had in common, overactive imagination. Yes. Yeah. I don't, we, we've watched even movies like online together and we've both gotten real real scared before mm. so yeah pretty consistently get but not dennis dennis uh is all so i don't need to be scared it's hard enough just to live <laughs> so that's my story stories oh plural. thanks for sharing it with us that yeah. was really weird i thought from that's... the way josh was explaining it it sounded like it was going to be a sleep paralysis story which we have had a couple of them in this podcast in this um this spooky stories episode, but that is not a sleep paralysis story. That's just fucking bonkers. Yeah, no, that's a. Um, I was a tiny eight year old, seven year old kid who hallucinated Ralph Macho talking to her because I was terrified of being in my house. Or you were on peyote. Oh, or I was on peyote. Yeah, my my parents drugged me. No, they didn't. Sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, if I can like pinpoint a moment where I started being scared of shit, that was the moment. I then had lots of overactive uh, imagination issues after that. So thanks for broken to my goddamn house. You know, we should, Ryan, do you think you could figure out uh, like a close approximation of the date for that? Because we should get Ralph Macchio on the show and see if he has any memory of like astrally projecting or something that this day. is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, or, or if it was like when he sacrificed his blood to a demon and that, you know, he was speaking through the poster yeah. at me or yeah. when he died. Or- Maybe that was the day that he passed away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you're just trying to get us sued. Why would that? Why would someone sue you for that? Because definitely this fucker. He said I passed away. <laughs> so so Ralph, lies. So Ralph Macchio is like searching the internet deeply to find the one podcast that suggests he's dead. Come on, what else? I'm gonna break his neck like I broke that board that Mr. Miyagi held up. Well, what I was thinking about today, I was like, oh, was was this like was this like during like. Karate Kid 1, and then I realized, oh, no, no, that, that poster is from Karate Kid 2. And that made me a little bit more embarrassed somehow. <laughs> no, that was the good one with, uh, that was with um, the Peter Cetera song. That is a good song. That is a good song. Um, okay. Um, anyway. We're getting I've on been tangents. That the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah thanks thank for, you, Ryan. Thanks, best friends. You guys are actually my best Aww. friends. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Okay, again, thank you to Ryan for sharing that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so good. <sighs> oh, and real quick, this is Josh from the future. Uh, there was something I forgot to mention during the recording.
also wanted to throw a really quick thank you in to our friend alan who wrote the best friend simulator theme song originally and also just did the amazing remix that's extra spooky for this halloween season uh alan is the biggest fan of halloween i know and it's awesome that he did this so thank you alan well thanks for joining us for this uh what are we calling this the halloween spooktacular halloween spooktacular oh oh, my best friend dracula's back i'm back i've sucked josh's bloods (laughs) this is a great bit it was a great bit in his neck. Wow. Where I drank his bloods. Everybody just hung up. <laughs> Their phones. From the call? That they were listening to the podcast at. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next time with a regular, regular episode. Regular? Yeah. Regular for us, I think. But until then, watch your necks. Close your windows. Don't think of Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And don't, don't, don't go into that monster castle. Beware. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Josh. I think that's all of the time we have for this call. I hate you. Dracula. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween.